Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is Tuesday, January 18th, 2021, 22, excuse me, <laughs> and we'll continue our catechesis today in 2 Kings with the death of Elisha. It's also uh, the feast day of the conversion of St. Peter, uh, confession of St. Peter, I should say. Um, did a lot of work on the internet yesterday, spent the better part of half the day trying to resolve it. I have nothing to show for it. So um, I have some other things that I'd like to try, but you know, you always have to ask what changed because it's been uh, consistently bad since last Friday. Um, the internet provider says nothing's changed on their end. So it must be something on this end, um, but I have not yet figured out what it is. So there's uh, just frustration as usual. Mm, maybe before we start, uh, let me just restart it. Yeah, I, I say that. Um, it seems to come and go. Maybe we'll just let it be. And uh, yeah, like you see in the chat, uh, open to Second Kings 13, and then you'll be ready to go. And uh, hopefully we'll do all right here. All right. Of course, you, if you have your blue sheet from Sunday morning, you can use that as well to kind of guide your way through. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Memory verse for this week, Galatians 3, 26-27. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Again, Galatians 3, verses 26-27. Our psalm is Psalm 142. With my voice I cry out to the Lord, with my voice I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him, I tell my trouble before him. When my spirit faints within me, you know my way. In the path where I have, where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see, there is none who takes notice of me. No refuge remains to me, no one cares for my soul. I cry to you, O Lord, I say, you are my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison, that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you, you will deal bountifully with me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, first reading today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, beginning in verse 20. Brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. In the law it is written, With men of other tongues and other lips I will speak to this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. Therefore tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues, and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you are out of your mind? 
But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all. Thus, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed, and so, falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. How is it then, brethren? Whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two, or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there's no interpreter, let him keep silent in church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, and that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Let your women keep silent in churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive, as the law also says. And if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is shameful for women to speak in church. Or did the word of God come originally from you, or was it you only that it reached? If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. But if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. There ends the reading. All right, and then our reading for catechesis is from 2 Kings 13, beginning in verse 10. In the 37th year of Joash, king of Judah, Jehoash, the son of Jehoaz, became king over Israel in Samaria and reigned 16 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin, but walked in them. Now the rest of the acts of Joash, all that he did, and his might which which he fought against Amaziah, king of Judah, are they not written in the books of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Joash rested with his fathers. Then Jeroboam sat on his throne, and Joash was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel. Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came came down to him and wept over his face and said, O my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. And he put his hand on it, and Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. And he said, Open the east window. And he opened it. And Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And then he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. Then he said, Take the arrows. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, Strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, You should have struck five or six times, then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. Then Elisha died and they buried him. And the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of the year. So it was as they were burying a man that suddenly they spied a band of raiders and they put the man in the tomb of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood on his feet. And Hatzael, king of Syria, oppressed Israel all the days of Jehoahaz. But the Lord was gracious to them, and had compassion on them, and regarded them, because of the covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and would not destroy them or cast them from his presence. Now Hatzael, king of Syria, died, then Ben-Hadad, his son, reigned in his place. And Jehoash, the son of Jehoahaz, 
captured, recaptured from the hand of Ben-Hadad, the, the son of Hatzael, the cities which he had taken out of the hand of Jehoahaz, his father by war. Three times Joash defeated him and recaptured the cities of Israel. All right. There ends the reading. Again, apologies for the video quality if you're trying to watch online. Um, so it is. Um, how many years? No, excuse me. Um, yeah, no. We have uh, a little confusion here. I will just put it this way. Uh, there's two Joashes, two Jehoah Ashes. Um, they're, they're both kings of respectively Israel and Judah. They both go by both names. So it gets a little confusing here. All right. So who became king of Israel? Jehoash, the son of Jehoahaz, right? But also spelled Joash. Um, what's the judgment of God um, against Jehoash? It says there he did evil in the sight of the Lord, right? He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. What was wrong with Elisha? He was sick with the disease of which he would die, right? So what does Joash, this is Jehoash of king of Israel, right, of the north, um, exclaim while as he wept? Oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen, all right? Um, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen, that should sound familiar to you. Yeah, how is that important in the uh, history of um, the Elijah and Elisha narrative? You go back to 2 Kings chapter 2, if you need a recap. Over and over, we've seen with the prophets that the real strength and deliverance of Israel was never in its chariots or its horsemen, but it's always in uh, the word of the Lord spoken by the prophets. We saw that back with uh, Saul and David as well, did we not? I think so. Yeah. Um, so what does Elisha instruct the do? Instruct the king to do? Again, king of the north of Israel. You know, get some bows, and, a bow and an arrow, and some arrows, right? Um, and he places them in the king's hands while the king shot the arrow, right? Um, what did Elisha instruct Jehoash to do? Open the window, right? And shoot. Um, and what what did he prophesy about that action? What was that a what was that a sign or an indication of? Yeah, that was a sign or an indication of um, that Joash would completely destroy the Arameans, the Syrians at Aphek. All right, so that's the point. All right, and he's but he's going to do it by way of the word of the Lord, of course. Mm-hmm. So what does he tell Elisha to? Uh, what does Elisha tell Joash to do with the arrow, the remaining arrows? It says they're to strike the ground with them, right? Very particular. Strike the ground with them. Um, how many times does Jehoash strike the ground? Yeah, we have it three, three times. Only three times. Uh, which made Elisha angry, of course, uh, because he says uh, Jehoash should have struck the ground, what, five or six times. Then he would have completely destroyed Syria, that is Aram, instead of having only three victories over him, right? So we see already in Jehoash that he's not going to be persistent in his um, re remaining in God's word, all right? Uh, what happened in the spring of that year? We have the Moabite raiders passing through the country, right? Um, and what happened when one of the, when the Moabite raiders came upon a group burying a man? This is very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, they tossed the dead man's body into the tomb of, uh, of Elisha. And what happened when the body touched the bones of Elisha? Yeah, the man came to life and stood up on his feet. Uh, why was God gracious and compassionate then to Israel? That would be because of his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, of course. How many times did Joash defeat Ben-Hadad? 
That would be three times, just as the prophet had said, right? All right. So then, uh, a meditation on this text. Though death overcame Elisha and all his men, as it does all men, I should say, he is a picture of Christ's triumph over death. Jehoash struck with the arrows three times, but did not completely vanquish his enemies. Only Christ, our prophet, could overthrow sin, death, and the devil when he arose on the third day. The bones of Elisha brought one man back to life, even as the risen Christ will one day bring all men forth from the grave. Just as Elisha drew one man, Naaman, from another nation, so now our Lord draws all men to himself when he is lifted up on the cross. Those who believe the words of the prophet Jesus will be raised to eternal life. All right. Again, apologies for the internet connection today. Uh, What do you mean he didn't say that? I think the translation, what? You would, you, till you have destroyed them. He did prophesy that he will strike them. That was the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of of deliverance from Syria. Oh, yeah, he didn't say strike the ground five or six times. Good point. Um, Yeah, the way we discuss this with the children is that um, obedience to God's word, uh, obedience to, and then to the one whom God sends to speak his word, he doesn't set limits to that, right? Are we faithful to God's word only insofar as it saves us from our enemies? Or are we faithful to his words at all times, right? And in all circumstances, right? So this is a little picture of how Jehoash is not faithful to God's word, but only insofar as it gives him what he's looking for, right? But he, he sets limits and constraints on, on God's deliverance uh, of his work. I think that's what the, this is a picture of, right? So maybe a little bit of a test or a trial, but also a little bit of a foreshadowing here. All right. Let's confess the sacrament of holy baptism. How can water do such great things? Certainly not just water, but the word of God in and with the water does these things, along with the faith which trusts this word of God in the water. For without God's word, the water is plain water and no baptism. But with the word of God, it is a baptism that is a life-giving water, rich in grace and a washing of the new birth um, in the Holy Spirit, as St. Paul says in Titus chapter 3. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might be heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. All right, let us, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, you teach us that the word of God in and with the water does great things, works forgiveness of sins, rescuing us from death and the devil, and giving us the gift of eternal salvation. Without your word, the water is plain water and no baptism. But with your word, our baptism is life-giving water, rich in grace, and a washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit. Thank you for this precious teaching. Forgive us of all doubt. Grant us firm faith to trust your word in the water, that every blessing of baptism might be ours. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who governs all things in heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the prayers of your people and grant us your peace through all our days. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. As I mentioned at the beginning, today is uh, feast day, the commemoration, or excuse me, the confession of St. Peter. All right, so we'll do a little meditation and then uh, a prayer. The confession of St. Peter did not arise in the imagination of Peter's heart, but was revealed uh, to him by the Father. For this reason, this confession is important 
um, is seen in, in Jesus's response. You are Peter, Greek Petros, and on this rock, Greek Petra, I will build my church. Matthew 16, verse 18. As the people of God in the Old Testament began with the person of Abraham, the rock from which God's people were hewn, Isaiah 51, so the people of God in the New Testament will begin with the person of Peter, whose confession is the rock on which Christ will build his church. But Peter was not alone. The keys given to him in Matthew 16, 19 were given to all the disciples in Matthew 18, 18, and in John 20, 21 to 23. As St. Paul tells us, Peter and the other apostles take their place with the prophets as the foundation of the church, with Christ himself as the chief cornerstone, Ephesians 2, verse 20. The confession of Peter, therefore, is the witness of the entire apostolic band and is foundation in the building of Christ's church. Thus, the church gives thanks to God for St. Peter and the other apostles who have instructed Christ's holy church in his divine and saving truth. There ends the reading. All right, let us pray. Heavenly Father, you revealed to the apostle Peter the blessed truth that your son Jesus Christ is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. Strengthen us by the proclamation of this truth that we may true, joyfully confess that there is salvation in no one else. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. All right. We pray this day for deliverance against temptation and evil, for the addicted and despairing, for the tortured and oppressed, and for those struggling with sin. We pray um, this day with Joan and Sean, who celebrate their birthday. We pray with Kirsten, who celebrates her baptism. We pray with Jim and Karen, who celebrate their anniversary. Pray for all the households of our church, especially that of Jason, Brandon, Jerry and Marcella, Martin and Tara, David and Deborah, and Amanda. Pray for those um, who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering. Marcella, Bev, Kelsey, Frank, Amanda, Dan, Timothy, and Janice, Colin, Ken, Norman, Sandy, Kathy, Jim, Jim, Elaine, and Mike. Pray for our homebound, Bev, Willis, Mickey, and Paul. We pray for all the missions and mercy work of the church, especially kindred heart families. We ask the Lord for preservation of his word amongst us and an increase of his church. We pray for those grieving, especially the family and friends of Roy Herms. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Yes, I see uh, Yeah, our internet connectivity today is, again, terrible. We'll do some more work on it, maybe. Um, I can't really spend so many so much time on it. Um, so we'll sing our hymn. Um, if, if by way, uh, you're tr been trying to watch, you can always just listen on the audio, which is posted later in the day. Um, so go check that out. All right.
Son from heaven, foretold by ancient seers, by God the Father given, in human form appears. No sphere his life confining, no star so brightly That concludes our congregation prayer for today, Tuesday, January 18th, 2022. <clears throat> it's good to have you with us here. Thanks for uh, suffering through it. I know uh, the video quality is terrible. It comes and goes. Um, I don't know. Maybe do some more resetting of devices. and It's like chasing a ghost. Because uh, what really changed? I don't know. Uh, all right. So, uh, Lord be with you all. And uh, yes, again, if you're having troubles uh, watching live, uh, maybe just make plans to uh, listen to the podcast later in the day. All right, so you can do that, of course. Uh, or you can try it again via video. All right, so Lord be with you all, and we'll see you tomorrow, 9 a.m.